Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And the best thing for me growing up as a Warriors fan, and the best thing you can want in sports, and this isn't because I work for him. If I, if, I did, if I quit tomorrow and I was on your show, I'd say you should be lucky to be a Warriors fan, to have an owner that cares as much as he does. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am excited to announce rejoining us, a former Warriors and Lakers beat writer, the current national NBA writer for USA Today, and a guy who beat out Bruce, most interesting man in the world, Frazier, in a nickname contest, Mr. Mark Funky Cole Medina. What's going on, Mark? Bram, Bram, I don't want to lead a presumption, so I'll ask the question, but it seems like you're in a, a really happy mood these days, and I think that is probably because the Lakers collapsed in the playoffs, and you saw LeBron James experience some failure. Can you confirm or deny uh, those presumptions there? Okay, dude, the your intrepid reporting skills are preceding you here, because if I'm being honest with you, you just hit on a topic I was hoping to avoid today, because it's crazy off-brand. So I'm having like a crisis of confidence, Mark. Maybe you can help me through it. So, you know, am I happy that LeBron was out of the playoffs? Yes, of course. And when game six unfolded, I mean, I, I might as well have been wearing a Jay Crowder jersey. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed <laughs> watching somebody do the Samba more than watching Crowder do it on the Lakers grave. But here's why I'll be honest with you, man. It turns out the only thing I hate more than the Lakers is change. It fucked me all up. Like I watching LeBron be vulnerable was like watching Darth Vader lose control of the force. And I, I'm so used to seeing him be this impenetrable villain. And it just makes me feel better. I'd like being able to direct hate at him and, and not see any downsides to his game. Watching him get older, watching him be vulnerable, I'm happy they lost. But it was a weird experience, man. Like, it, it wasn't all positive, And I wasn't going to admit that. So you've already forced that out of me right here in the intro. Well, Bram, uh, you used the Darth Vader analogy. You're, you're Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, the Joker. I mean, he had that opportunity to kill Batman. And he's, he also he eventually comes to grips and says to him, you know, you complete me. Like, Then why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I don't, don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? He needs that villain to be alive so he gets more satisfaction in destroying the world and seeing if he can get away with it. Well, I can tell uh, you that so, you, you did just help me because the second that you used the phrase, you complete me, it made me kind of hate LeBron again because he doesn't complete me. You know, it, it knocked some anger back out of me. So thank you, Mark. Nicely played. Well, well, to tie this into basketball, I think this is where where it all comes full circle with you as a Warriors fan is I think that part of you is rooting that LeBron James isn't uh, entering father time. He can fight that successfully enough as well as Anthony Davis that they could you know, get back to the playoffs, go deeper in the playoffs so that they face the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals as opposed to, oh, this is the end of the Lakers, end of LeBron, and 
it's just boring. Like you want to be able to face him again to humiliate him uh, during a Warriors okay. loss. You're right there. And then let me drop something that is a little bit more on brand um, since this is in fact the Warriors huddle. But you know it was complete bullshit, Mark? And talk me out of it. The fact that LeBron didn't feel it was necessary to cross the defensive half court for the last four plays of that game six because he was bitching at the uh, at the ref. So, you know, that the game's outcome was decided. He wasn't going to change anything. But if you want to call yourself the best player to have ever touched a basketball, maybe you can finish out an entire playoff game before quitting to bitch at the ref. Well, I mean, you say tomato, I say tomato. Basically what it was is that he left the game early because it was a blowout and he wanted to get a head start on some of his treatment so that he could try to take game six and delay in father time and win one without Anthony Davis. So okay. he's just being very smart and calculated with his time. You say tomato, I say medical bullshit. And I'm not even talking about that last five minutes. I'm talking about game six. Game five, he left. And everyone's well, giving... Wait, you're talking about game six. You mean when he shook hands with Devin Booker, gave him a signed jersey, no, 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 and hold then just on. praised his we development? Can that. We can get to that, too. trajectory extended what? period of time during his post-game interview? What I'm talking about is when Jay Crowder tossed his shit, LeBron didn't get a call, and spent the next four plays complaining to the ref instead of crossing half court that's what i'm talking about and you know what i i hate darth vader now too i'm all the way ask me the question again mark i'm hell of excited that the lakers have lost and you've knocked out all of my confusion i missed you medina nicely played man you've you've played my emotional fiddle here absolutely perfectly um marcus split the difference right i am always the voice of hyperbole i'm fucking crazy on this show you know but i'm also occasionally unnecessarily emotional you watching LeBron lose nothing but happiness from you. How did it impact you? Uh, it, it impacted me the same way it did you. Like it was weird to see him be mortal. Um, you know, you, I think I took for granted the fact that he was just defying father time so well. And then to see him be just normal, like missing layups, um, not having the same explosion and, just you know not being the same LeBron we're used to was just weird like I didn't like you said it's it's watching a villain go down but you still kind of have a little sympathy in a weird way and I didn't like that I had sympathy but you could just tell he was it was coming there was a a play in game six where Kuzma took took like took the ball and dribbled at the top of the key and shot a shot and missed it. And LeBron's kind of body language, just like, oh, it's over. And it was still like the third quarter, but you could just tell that he knew it. And, um, you know, like I, LeBron has ended so many other players playoff series um, that I, it felt a little uh just wrong that he took it so poorly himself if it was a finals and they had made a deep run then i get it because you know you put in a lot of effort but it's the first time you've lost in the first round you know like you knew you were going to lose there's injuries there the team was better than you like just the way he handled it to me wasn't um wasn't what i was expecting and hoping for from him um but you know like like mark said he he had to go get treatment. Those five minutes were crucial that they spent right then and okay. not five minutes later. Now what Mark said, what I said, medical bullshit, last <laughs> LeBron take, last LeBron take before we focus back on the Warriors. Um, and this is a take we've already 
dropped into the mic. But when I watch villains get beat, I like to view them as invincible, right? When Drago showed up to Rocky Four, you know what he wasn't in the way in? Overweight. When we first saw the shark from Jaws, it didn't have dull teeth. You know, we, we want to view these things as, as, as powerful as they can possibly be before we topple them. So yeah, Mark, you're right. I, I do want to see him at the top of his game until Steph puts him back in his place. But enough LeBron focus. Let's open this up. And Mark, you are the perfect guy for today. So what we're doing is a Warriors Oracle section, but it's a specific one. What we are looking at are the uh, compared futures of Golden State versus the Lakers. So we reached out. Listeners were nice enough to give us a bunch of questions comparing the two franchises and some personal shit. They were a little invasive like they normally are. And here's their first question. What combination of players will have more all-star appearances going forward? Steph, Clay, and Draymond, or Anthony Davis versus LeBron? Mark, think on it. Let's crescendo to your answer, Maxime. We haven't heard your voice too much yet. What's your answer here? Who, who gets more all-star appearances? Uh, I think it's the Warriors crew. MT, do you agree? Um, yeah, I think AD is just hurt too much. I don't know if he clocks in enough games to make the appearances count. I, I'm going the other direction, which is a shock. Not because of talent. I think Steph is going to be there nonstop. I do think Clay has another appearance. I'm not confident that Draymond's going to find himself on that list. And I think that the media hype surrounding LeBron, I mean, he owns a, a media company. I think they're going to be pushing AD and pushing LeBron hard over these next few years. So if it's not a push, it's probably the Lakers. Mark, what's the answer? Uh, having, you know, you live in LA, man. I mean, the reason why you're perfect for this, you, you have covered the Lakers in the past. You've covered the Warriors. You're currently in LA. You've watched all this stuff develop. So as our Venn diagram, guy the guy who's seen it all what do you think here well first of all i think the premise of the question is unfair how did the warriors have three candidates you worry about the that Lakers have don't two? you worry about that mark that, I, that, I get to come up with the question said, that being said here's the venn diagram i think that i would give the edge to the warriors but that's because of steph curry and clay thompson but if you're looking duo Anthony Davis and LeBron James have the more likelihood of getting collective all-star appearances compared to Steph and Draymond because I don't see – I see Draymond getting all-star appearances, but just not as many as Clay would. So if it was a Splash Brother comparison, they would win. But if it was a Steph and Draymond comparison – it would be the Lakers. You can add Caruso to, as your third. And no, you okay. cannot. We're, we're no, you cannot. <laughs> no, you cannot. You're allowed to use the phrase Kuzma, but only under heavy protest. You are not allowed to use the words Alex. Hey, how, about, how, about, how about Andre Drummond? Does he count if he can? Yeah, okay, yeah. You, you can count Andre Drummond. I am I am totally fine with that. Uh, keep the mic, Mark, because you are probably the only guy who has attended games in both places. In fact, am I right? Did you, did you hit Staples for a couple playoff games this year? Yeah, I went to a few uh, playoff games for the Lakers, games, uh, let's see, games three and four, and then for the Clippers, games one, five, and seven. So, yeah, uh, interesting uh, experiences. It's cool to see some normalcy, but the reality is, you know, it's not full arenas because of the uh, pandemic uh, restrictions, but it beats uh, just watching a game on TV again. 
it was, I went to, um, and I'll get back to the ultimate question, but I went to a Giants game for the first time on Sunday. And it was so both awesome and surreal being back at live sports. You know, it was both familiar. There's things that I recognized and then totally new and strange and different. But we'll explore that in a second. Here's why I was asking about Staples, because this is the question. Which arena going forward, Chase versus Staples, and focus only on the Lakers angle uh, on Staples for me, will have the better home court advantage going forward? You start, Mark, because you've been to both. What do you Ooh. think? Which crowd is a, is a better one? And let's, let's say playoff crowd, not regular season crowd. Oh, honestly, I think a Lakers-Staples Center crowd and a Chase Center Warriors crowd Honestly, it's a 1A and 1B comparison. Like, you can make a case for either. Like, they're both electric. They're both great fan bases. You have both elements of, like, kind of the the arrogance and entitlement and the bandwagon narrative of, like, the tech people at Chase, the Hollywood crowd at Staples Center. But then you also have, like, the homegrown, have been lifelong fans of both organizations for life. And I think when you combine all those ingredients together, you have an electric atmosphere. You have an intelligent fan base on like knowing when to cheer and how loudly to cheer. Man, that is tough. And here's the thing. I think you'll appreciate this as a Warriors fan. And any Laker fans that are uh, listening to this will really appreciate this. I was at the Clippers game seven uh, yesterday against or earlier this week against the Mavericks. And I know that there are some caveats like, hey, it's still some restrictions. The arena wasn't full completely yet because it was still a lot of time before tip-off. But there were two, I think, embarrassing things going on here for the Clippers game. One, they had cardboard cutouts to make up for the vacant seats. And then two, their in-arena DJ was leading a presentation maybe like 45 minutes before the game of like walking through with the Clipper fans on like how to cheer no. and hey, we're gonna set you guys up. What? You know, when a guy gets to the foul line, like will he complete the three point play? Like go ahead and cheer. It was ridiculous. I posted the video on Twitter, like presented without comment, but I knew like Laker fans would just make fun of it. It was pretty embarrassing. Laker fans, anyone who's ever been to an NBA game needs to be made. <laughs> was it like a, a a tourist bus that had somehow inadvertently pulled up to Staples and had never seen a basketball game before? <laughs> Like, oh, like, here is what you have to do. Like the safety video they show you before you get on a Disneyland ride. That That is completely preposterous. But as much <laughs> as I love that story, Mark, I'm going to make you answer this question. Fine. 1A, 1B. Who is 1A? You're not going to like me, but I would I would go for it. For a playoff game, I would choose a Laker crowd. <sighs> Maxime, if it's, I went- if, it's a regu- if it's a regular season game, I would give it to the Warriors crowd because they're always there through the good and the bad, whatever. Sometimes you get, you know, the apathy at Staples Center if it's like a game that doesn't matter. But when it when the stakes are high, like they're like Draymond Green, like they are completely full go, like not messing around. So I'm sorry, Bram. I don't. I do not accept your apology. In fact, Maxime, if you can, I want you to pull a very loud and lusty boo and play it here. But I want it to only be from Chase Center. Don't have it be from any other crowd. Let's uh, <laughs> let's source that. I'll go next. I say Chase Center, but it's it's a combination of optimism 
and an open playing field, right? We haven't seen a playoff game at Shea Center, at least not really. We saw the play in game. And so I am going to assume, maybe foolishly, that we still have hell heart, that the same people who made Oracle an almost invincible home court advantage will somehow sneak back into the building when uh, the stakes get higher again at Chase and based only on that, on having not already been disappointed because we haven't seen it, I still have some optimism. I'm going Chase, uh, MT, Maxime. Do you guys agree? Did, did Mark talk you out of this? Where do you stand? I unfortunately am with Mark on this one. Oh I think oh. the... Oh, my God. I know. I think the... the another boo. Give him another the, boo. <laughs> the transition from Oracle to Chase has just changed the energy in the building. Um, you know, to to Mark's point, that it used to be f- a feared place. Like, you know, other players would say, like, oh, man, I'm so glad you guys are moving out of that place. And I think it's the same thing that happened with the 49ers fan base when they went from Candlestick to Levi's. Like, this brought in a different demographic and a different type of fan. Um, and they're not, you know, one's not better than the other, but they're just different types of fans. And the the new fan isn't as loud, isn't as rambunctious, probably isn't quite as knowledgeable of the game. You mean is not as good? What are you talking about? One isn't better <laughs> than the other. We're talking about which one has a better home court advantage. You're saying that it's cost them a home court advantage. Yeah, because it's just a different feeling. Like you, they're cheering now for to experience the win. I think you've said it in a previous pod, whereas before the the crowd would cheer just because they were Warriors fans. And there's a difference. Yeah, they, they treat it like a movie, like something that if something happens that's worth celebrating, you celebrate, but you never actually celebrate to get the team to play better. Maxime, help me. Lie if you need to. I don't need a third boo. Where are you on this? No, I don't even need to lie. I mean, come on. The, at, at its best, Chase Center is young and it needs to develop a little bit, whatever. But like, it's LA, man. You have constantly have people that are looky-loos that are rolling through. It's just not the same thing as a diehard arena. You know those fans are there. Like Mark said, they're going to be there in the regular season. They're also going to be there in the playoffs. We haven't had an extended run to even indicate whether or not that these are the types of fans that are going to show up in the playoffs. So I just I think there's no question. I think we got more heart in general. I think you see all of the people courtside, you know, that are like these famous celebrities that are showing up to all of these games. They, they indicate the type of attitude that uh, that's in the entire arena, and it's just not, you know, it's an apathy that you don't get uh, in the Bay Area. Mark, How about this, Bram? I'll give, obviously, the Warrior fans are always great no matter what, but I will give you this. If Steph has, like, a 60-point, 50-point night, like, all hell's breaking loose. But how about this for an underrated X factor about the Laker fans at Staples Center? It's not the Hollywood crowd. It's not the homegrown Angelino crowd. The play-by-play announcer, Lawrence Tanner, he has this smooth jazz voice that makes it feel like this awesome Broadway show with all the lights on the court. Like It, it really gets in the element. If if the reason why I think the playoff environment at Staples is better is because they're smooth jazz announcer and the lighting scenario, then I am not bowled over by the advantage that they have. Let's just put it that way immediately. Also, Mark, you kind of screwed me there. You started off by saying, well, if Steph puts together a 60 piece, I thought for sure you'd be like, and that's when the Warrior fans are much better. No, it was just like a casual compliment before you plunged the knife deeper in my heart with why Laker fan is better. Let's 
let's move on to maybe a little bit more of a substantive question here. Uh, this gentleman wants to know which team finishes higher in the regular season standings next year. So obviously they were pretty close. They were separated by only three games this year, the Lakers and the Warriors. They ended up in that play-in game. So looking next year, because you got to figure the Lakers are going to try to revamp, although I don't know how many options they have. And we've been talking about the Warriors' efforts at putting this roster back together. Certainly they'll have Clay uh, on the team. What do you boys think? Who finishes higher in the Western Conference standings in the regular season next year? I mean, it's got to be the Warriors, right? We're, we're getting Clay. LeBron's not getting any younger. So we were just talking about how he was a little bit disappointing um, in this in this playoff experience. I don't think it's going to be any better next year. Uh, there's tons of reasons to think that the type of free agents um, or trades that we're going to be able to get are going to be much better, kind of like what the Lakers were dealing with this offseason. I, I think it's going to be night and day. I actually am not even sure it's going to be close. Mark? Well, I think that there's a, a, obviously an element of unknown of what changes the Lakers and the Warriors make with the roster. It's inevitable we know that there are going to be changes because they have a lot of you know impending free agents. In the Warriors' case, are going to have you know two draft picks, and they can either use it in a in a draft or a trade. Um, but I think if all things are equal, I. Th- I think you could honestly flip a coin because I know that right now the popular narrative is that LeBron and AD, they're, they're starting to wear down. But a lot of it, frankly, was circumstantial of this compressed season. And they're having a much better recovery time than they did after winning a title in the bubble. Um, so I, I don't think that father time – is necessarily going to go away completely, but it's not going to be as pervasive as it was this season. And as a result of that, you know, LeBron and AD are both going to use this offseason to change their training mechanism and just capitalize from the benefit of time with healing. Um, so I think you honestly could have a collision course where both teams have a similar regular season record and then they're they're on pace to face each other in the Western conference finals, but it also cuts both ways. Like those two teams could also be primed to just lose in the first round. Like if they don't do their job and upgrading the roster around them or, you know, injuries come to be where I am proven wrong about LeBron and AD and then, and Draymond and Steph's case, like they've been healthy, but part of the reason why they were healthy last year is that they had more time to recharge the batteries from last season and not being part of the bubble and all that. So it cuts both ways. So long-winded answer, uh, long-ended, winded answer aside, the short answer to to your question is I still think the Lakers would end up with a better regular season record as of now, just because I think the Warriors need to make more off-season adjustments than the Lakers necessarily would be because at the end of the day, their success is still going to be on you know, LeBron and AD as opposed to anything else. 
I think in the regular season, I'm going to kind of mirror what you're saying. In fact, I'll even use your terminology from earlier. We're talking like 1A, 1B, or you know, probably like 6A, 6B in the West, maybe a little bit higher, because both teams are juggling the same things. You know, On one side, they're going to want cohesion. Uh, the Lakers learned the hard way. You want people to be healthy and play throughout the year so that they kind of know what the rotation looks at the back end. Same thing for the Warriors next year. They're going to be bringing in clay, so they're going to want to play people together, and there's a reason to have regular season success. Other side, health, both teams. I can see the Lakers being like, look, we got to rest AD again. You know, he got hurt in the first first round. And same thing for the Lakers. We got to protect, or same thing for the Warriors. We got to protect Clay. So that that weird combination, I think, is going to keep both of them from running away um, from the other side. You know what I've missed most about sports since we've been sheltering in place? Just going to a spot and watching a game with friends. It's just not the same watching it at home. Even when the Warriors are winning, I just, it's just not the same. But luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland, they've got our back. Did you know they shut down the entire side street next to them just to create the town gardens? The spot is amazing. It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating. It's got their full food and bar service. I mean, this place is dope. I went the other day with Bram and... Officially, it's our go-to spot for all sports, especially the dubs. So hopefully we'll see you there. And as a special thank you, if I see you wearing a Warriors Huddle shirt, next beer is on me. The Athletic Club Oakland, that's where sports fans can finally be sports fans again. As far as the success in the playoffs, we got a question coming in a minute, so I'll save it. Instead, let's go to our personal one, boys. So... This uh, listener asks, quote, have ever or I'm sorry, have any of you ever snuck in to a place without pain? And then gives parenthetically some examples. You ever snuck into a game? You ever snuck into a movie? Something like that. So instead of giving me a straight answer, boys, I want to turn this one into a judgmental question. Let's go individually. And then before each of us answer, let's guess whether or not we think that person has ever snuck in anywhere so that you can take shots at me first. What do you boys think? Have I, at some point in my life from now until, uh, or from the beginning of my life until now, have I ever snuck into a location without paying for it? 1000%. You probably snuck into wherever you are right now recording and aren't supposed to be there. Can you hear the people saying, why are you here? Get the hell out of my office. I, I Where's told you, my like, $5? Yeah, be quiet, guy. Don't you worry about that. I told you it would only take a second. Uh, Maxime, what do you guess? Yeah, everything in your background, everything we know about you makes me think 100%. No way, man. You're such an upstanding citizen. Now, of course you stuck. Come on. Can you guys stop referencing my background? Can we just have like a yes or a no? I mean, the whole like, yeah. Oh, you've definitely stolen from somebody via everything we know about you. Okay, I hear you. Mark, you got my back? What do you think? I could be an upstanding citizen. These guys don't know. Well, yes, you are an upstanding citizen, but I think you're a passionate Warriors fan. So my hunch is that you snuck into Oracle Arena somehow for free. And then even for (laughs) games that you did pay for, you snuck into better seats. Oh, my God. Okay, if that counts. Um, all right, so we'll work backwards. Of course, the answer is a resounding yes. Although I have you know I didn't sneak into uh, today's podcast. This is actually my office. But yes, I have absolutely snuck into spots. Um, I have not snuck into a Warriors game. I've always paid to be inside of either Oracle or Chase, but I've upgraded my seats like 10,000 times. I don't even think that is like sneaking into a place without paying for it. I've done the movie thing, you know, like where a movie ends 
ends and then you go into another theater. So I've, I've, I've had that experience. Um, when Shaquille O'Neal was a rookie, this is way back in the day, uh, a friend of mine and I were at the Coliseum randomly for a card show. They had like sports, like rookie cards or something. And I remember he and I trying to sneak down into what we thought was the practice arena, thinking that we would get a signature. I look back on that memory thinking we got hella far. Chances are we got nowhere. You know, we got to like one door that was locked and we didn't go in and that was that. But uh, I've definitely had that experience and I don't know why I'm busting him out, but I'll tell it. Mutual friend, in fact, uh, Marcus, I'll tell you who this is when we're off air, but I had a friend who before 9-11 and before the airlines kind of tightened up security, traveled with a fake ID under the name Todd Shaw, which you may recognize as uh, Two Short's real name, and would go to NFL cities with his friend and a football and they would literally just throw the ball around at the game in the parking lot until they found an open uh, an open door and then snuck into games. So I am shady, and I've definitely had shady friends. Let's go to Maxime. Let's go to Maxime because I am a little torn on what my answer is for him. So, Mark, what do you think, man? You've gotten to know Maxime a little bit. You heard how judgy he was and throwing me under the bus. Do you think he has snuck into a spot without paying? I don't think stuck into a spot without paying, but I think the the upgraded seats, maybe for movies, always pay for movies, but, um, you know, rated R movies when you're under 17, that's the only way to get into one. So that's my hunch. I mean, I'll own up to that. That's what I've done. I've always paid for those events, but I definitely paid for the wrong movie just so I could see an (laughs) R-rated film. And then, you know, going to baseball games, basketball games, I always try to upgrade the seats for free. Way to blow the ending since we were going to make our way to us. But I agree with you on Maxime. So I'm going to say sneaking into a movie doesn't count. But I think you have done that, Maxime. And I think that's the end of your shadiness. I don't think there's been like another chapter of of you stealing admission. Marcus, what do you think? I agree. I think it stops at, at movies, but he's definitely snuck into movies before. Maxime? Correct. I uh, I was just thinking back. It's like I've been up on Tightwad Hill for Cal games, but that's technically, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. It's free. It's like looking at an event that you're only supposed to be able to look at if you pay, but it's in a free area. So gray zones, I've snuck into Memorial Stadium, but again, not during a game. So I, yeah, I think that's, I think you're spot on with this one. I don't know about Marcus. I really don't. I, I I can absolutely see him doing it. And I can absolutely see him being like, no, fuck it. I'm not going to do it. Like showing up with a group of people who snuck in. And then the, the same way he told us about the dine and dash being the only person who actually paid his portion of the check <laughs> and didn't sneak in. Um, so I'm going to say yes on the pseudo sneak in. He, he has definitely upgraded his seat and definitely gone into a movie, but no on the uh, on the harder line not paying admission hey, hey bram can i share uh since you know we're on this topic and we talk about the warriors like i have a great story about this whole thing that you yes, might be interested in yes, so please. i talked with a portland trailblazers guard and you know proud oakland resident damian lillard uh during oracle arena's final year about just you know how he feels about chase center he was definitely against it. i mean so much he was saying hey the people who are real warrior fans aren't going to be able to get into the games but he was like talking with nostalgia about his time going to oracle arena and so his backstory his dad 
had season tickets during the like the 1990 2000 2000 2001 and 2001 2002 seasons about like 10 rows up from the visitor's bench so and he said they were pretty cheap by the way so like he would go with his dad his cousins and his brother to like almost every game and they would watch basketball then at halftime they would go to the media workroom and just like steal free hot dogs and sprites and water. So like no one like noticed or cared. <laughs> they would go back to their seats. Sometimes the ones they paid for sometimes even closer. And then when the game ended, the security apparently was like so terrible. They would go like either to the, like outside the locker room or the loading dock to like get autographs from players. So like he collected different autographs from like Gilbert Arenas, Adonal Foyle, like Mookie Playlock, Larry Hughes, John Starks, like Tony Farmer. Just think of like every random warrior player, right? <laughs> so like that's understandable enough, but he said that one time he was able to get into the Warriors locker room and like no one noticed or stopped him. And there was also another time that he saw just like the laundry bin of Warriors jerseys just like there. And he decided to pick up a Troy Murphy jersey and swipe it. <laughs> this makes me love Damian Lillard even more than I had previously loved him, which is incredible. It also is not shocking at all, at all. I mean, like when I said before, I, I moved up seats 90% of the time that was at Oracle. You know, I'd buy like the $10 baller seats that are supposed to put you upstairs and then I would move downstairs. If I had an atom bomb strapped to my face, they would have let me move downstairs without a ticket. Like there, <laughs> Security was not exactly booming at the Coliseum at any point during my fandom. Uh, MT, take us out of waiting here. What's the response, man? Have you snuck into places? I have. And beyond a movie theater. And it's kind of like Damian Lillard. I've snuck into Warriors games and A's games all around that area. The security, especially growing up when it was um, a lot older, um, was just lacking. We'll just say that. So, um, yes, there might have been older brother of a friend who was a donned a yellow security jacket and just happened to open the door or let us through in a particular place. Um, but yeah, so yes to both only sporting events and only um, sporting events run by the city of Oakland. I love how that went from generalized to specific. I'm not sure what I can tell you. It may have been me. It may have been me at a warrior game. It may have been me at a warrior game with the guy with the yellow jacket in a specific door that we didn't look through. That is awesome. We know the answer for Mark. He's already told us. So I'm going to flip it. Let me give you some warriors. You tell me if you guys think he's ever actually, uh, any of these players have snuck into a place without paying. Mark, go first. Steph Curry. Now I feel no like way. he's always paid full. Uh, like yeah, not even the dad, movie, right? Like he wouldn't even do Dell Curry. This is an NBA player. I mean, they don't need to do that. But also, I would say that he's probably gotten into things for free only because, like, it was VIP treatment. Oh, he's gotten into hell of places. Yeah, but yeah. like he's never, but, he's never no, not paid. Yeah, I mean, pre Steph's like NBA career. I just mean because his dad was also an NBA player. But I don't think he you know, snuck into things or like swiped free food at a concession stand or anything like that. I don't think there's any, I think you're a hundred percent right. So much. So I'm going to go to the next player. No, nope, you're it's, wrong. It's, this is you, Steph Curry that jumped into a fish tank 
because of his college teammates during college at some point at Davidson, Steph Curry definitely snuck in. Second season, we spoke to his coach about it. And what he explained was the only reason he did it, it was because the Mater D was given one of his teammates shit. And then the second it ended, you know what Steph did? He called the coach, let him know the problem was happening and then showed up back at the restaurant the next day to pay for any damages that happened to that Koi pond. So, you know, like I don't, I wouldn't surprise me if before he jumped in there, he asked, somebody's permission it was like is it cool is this gonna affect the fish you know so i i still say no and i'm gonna challenge you mark with the uh, nba pedigree because i'm going clay thompson next and i'd be willing to bet almost any amount of money that clay has snuck into hell of things i mean i could see that but also again like michael thompson he's an nba player like they didn't need to do those things but again like he's getting the red carpet treatment I think Clay, like, snuck into things, not out of thinking, oh, like, I'm being mischievous, but he just didn't know he wasn't allowed to be in those certain areas. <laughs> uh, so there's a little bit of a difference, if that makes sense. It, it definitely does. Like, he just happened to wander into, like, a Tyson fight, not knowing that he was supposed to have a ticket. Uh, last name I'll give you, and then we'll get back to Laker-Warrior comparisons. And why don't you go first, Maxime? I'm going Joe Lacob. So big money, probably his entire life, you know? Do you think that he has ever snuck into a location without having paid for it? Yes, and this is something I'm really glad that you asked me about this because I think Joe Lacob is the perfect person to indicate this. You know, just like, it's almost because he has so much money, it's an opportunity to try out things that you don't (laughs) otherwise get to try out, right? It's like all of the like white kids from the burbs wearing like Abercrombie and Fitch shirts that say staff on the back because they never actually worked those camps as staff but they just thought it was cool to do it it's the exact like I remember seeing kids on the Cal basketball team I'm not going to bust anybody out but I know who they were that were like you know pinching off snacks uh, at the cafeteria they literally are given meal points by the university to get whatever food they want and it's something about the thrill of getting to do something that you know you're not supposed to be able to do that, that that's just like too tantalizing to pass up and i know joe lacob is a type of person and plus like forget the money right like he he believes that everything should be as you know as cheap as possible as free as possible like he made his he's a libertarian right so it all just adds up joe lacob a hundred percent took things that he wasn't supposed to take did that cal's player's name rhyme with kalen drown <laughs> no it rhymed <laughs> with um uh brome uh handle Fair enough. I'm sure that Jerome Randall is out there thinking what the hell is going on. It wasn't him. There's many names that immediately rhyme with that. Let's move on to, uh, well, no, no, no. Either Mark or MT. Either of you boys brave enough to give me an answer on this? Do you think Lakeham has ever snuck in anywhere? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, look, he's a libertarian. (laughs) Like, one of his guiding philosophies is Ayn Rand. I mean, that's questionable to begin with. Uh, And... I think under his guise of like being a smart businessman, it's like, look, you always have to look for a competitive loophole by any means necessary and pay. If there's people that aren't enforcing the rules, like he'll take advantage of it. So without a doubt, he has snuck into things that he shouldn't have paid for. And I can see some self-important shit too. Like he walks up to a, a Vegas nightclub that's supposed to have a uh, an upfront payment, and he's immediately like, "Oh, I am way too good for this." You know, just walks through, end arounds the whole thing, doesn't have to go through security, like that kind of a move. Marcus, help me get us back to uh, objective basketball questions and answer this one for me. 
What's the more attractive location for free agents going forward? Golden State or the Los Angeles Lakers? Oof. Um, I mean, personally, I, I'm a homer, so I'm going to say the Warriors, but it's it's hard to battle that Lakers and Staples mystique. Um, I think Matt Barnes talked about it. You know, he's been a, a player for both teams, and he just said there's something about being on the Lakers and being in that history and um, that you can't duplicate maybe Madison Square Garden and the Knicks or the other one. But um, I'm going to be a little homerish and still say the Warriors. I think we have a, a little bit better outlook um, for the future, and I still think players would prefer to play with Steph than play with LeBron. I feel like it's getting close, unless you are about to win a ring. Um, unless you're Marcus Soule or the Marcus Souls of the world, Andre Drummond, these guys who who have been out there um, and would like to either tag on an extra ring like Gasol or finally get one like Drummond, then I, I think it's like the uh, the pickup analogy. Have you ever showed up to a pickup game and you watch somebody on the court who's very good, but you do not want to play with them because it'd be a pain in the ass? You know, they're going to take all the shots. They're going to tell you where to be. It's just not going to be fun. I feel like LeBron is entering that part of his career. You know, if if you're not playing, well, we saw LeBron turn on his teammates in games five and six of this first round series. And even when he doesn't turn on them, he has a very specific role for you. If you are on the team, he's going to tell you what the hell to do. The other side to that, I've, you know, to continue this analogy, if, if I'm in a pickup game and I'm watching Steph play, I want to be on that team. I desperately want to be on that team. And you add the history of, you know, when big people joined him, the, the Durants of the world, the Iguodalas, everybody, he welcomed them with open arms. There wasn't any, here's what you're going to do. It was, what can you do? Great. We'll work around you. So from that biased analogy, I, th- I think it's the Warriors. I, I would, if I was a free agent and I wanted to hit my wagon somewhere it's golden state now man bram you are really just throwing all these shots at lebron and i, I feel like i'm really tall this time. I guess I'm in the yeah, so do I. <laughs> Here, here's the thing there's no question that people enjoy playing with stuff more than lebron but the reality is uh, you know which player helps you best win a ring like again you can flip a coin And what it comes down to is how does the rest of the roster look like? And I think right now the Warriors are still entering some sort of question marks only because there's this unknown about Clay's injury. I mean, obviously it's a lot better than it was last year, but it illustrates the point that Bob Myers made where he was saying that he got feedback from potential free agents and said, Hey, if if Clay was healthy, I would have joined. And while there is an expectation he's going to come back, next season we don't know when that's going to take place it it sounds like from what bob myers and steve kerr have been saying and even clay himself it's probably not going to be opening night and then once he comes back how long is that process going to take before he's you know up to snuff and then i think you just have to look at it from a cap standpoint i mean barring the warriors making any trades they they really only had the mid-level exception to work with uh the lakers the same deal um, so it's not like you're making like blockbuster equivalent moves of Steph enticing Kevin Durant. But I would say this, like all things being equal of if they had the infrastructure of, Hey, how do we attract a marquee free agent to play with us? Yes. They would definitely prefer to play with Steph because 
Uh, there's less drama. He's more joyful to play with. But the reality is LeBron's still one of the best players in the world. And even if there might be some divish qualities that he brings and he's sucking all the oxygen out of the room, from a basketball standpoint, he makes his teammates better. Like, it's not like he's this guy that's, like, chucking shots all the time. Like, he is one of the best passers, not only in today's game, but ever. So there is, you know, that benefit of, hey, if I play with him, I'm going to be able to, to get my numbers and, and benefit from this partnership. Let me, let me make it an impossible question um, and pick the next brightest free agent, but also one whose mentality you absolutely positively cannot look into. And probably doesn't matter because they just came out of the first round. But Kawhi Leonard is set to be a remarkably uh, you know, high-profile free agent. And smart money says he either stays in L.A. or goes to Miami or New York. So let me limit these options, right? You're Kawhi Leonard, and you literally only have two places you can go to, the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Lakers. Mark, which one do you think he would pick? Well, under the caveat that he's not going anywhere, he's staying with the Clippers, even if they lose in the second round. Like, he's just going to opt out of his deal and then sign a longer-term deal. But destroyed my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that being said, like, if I had to be like, hey, Kawhi's leaving, where does he go? He would definitely philosophically go with the Warriors. Now, here's the thing. The Warriors and the Lakers don't have a slot open for him no, they do not. and that kind of financial needs. But if it got to the point where the where either team is like, hey, we'll clear cap space for you, he would definitely go to the Warriors over the Lakers. Last question, boys, and maybe the one that has the uh, forest-reaching impact. Which of these two teams – will win the most titles over the next five years. Whoever wants to tackle it first, it's yours. Warriors. And over the next five years, they win one. The Lakers win zero. Why? What is it about the Warriors' outlook that makes you – I, I heard you. It's not like a giant difference between the two numbers. But what makes you more confident about their future? I just think age is catching up to LeBron. Um, AD is always – you know, uh, questionable in, in in terms of health, and their roster is just not that strong. It's a it's a mixed match of, of of talent. They would have to Palinka would have to do another Yeoman's job of of restructuring that roster. And you got Magic Johnson saying that Schroeder doesn't even feel like he's not a Laker. It's just there's problems over there. Um, I think if Clay comes back and is healthy in the same realm that KD has performed since he came back from an Achilles injury, then, um, you know, we will have our, our three all-stars back and perform at a high level. And hopefully the complementary pieces that allow us to get one more. I mean, there are three objective assets that are going to be added to the Warriors cupboard, right? Clay's coming back. The, the, either the Minnesota pick this year or the Minnesota pick next year. It's going to happen during this next five years. And then the Warriors pick this year. They got the 14th pick and, you know, maybe they get lucky. Maybe it, it kicks up in the draft. But the Lakers' path to a return to greatness isn't as objectively obvious. I mean, I'm sure they're going to make moves, and I'm sure they'll bring people in. But there's not things you can immediately point to as you can for the Warriors. So if we're comparing them now, obviously things can shift. But if we're comparing the assets now, I don't think it's that close. You know, I, I think smart money has to go on Golden State. How about this, Bram? You're, on the surface, you're going to think, oh, I'm splitting the difference. I'm being safe. But hear me out. 
LeBron James is under contract for two more seasons because he signed an extension before this past season. So he's got two years left with the Lakers. So under that window, it's going to be a tie, 1-1. I think the Lakers win the title next season of like, hey, run it back. They got healthier. The Warriors spend next season just kind of integrating everything back, and then they are loaded for the following season. But that season that they do it, it coincides with beating the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. That's LeBron's final season. And then after that, that's when the torch is passed that the Warriors will start going on more title runs because LeBron will have retired. It's now Anthony Davis's team. They'll have success, but he can't be a number one guy. And it's, you know, the Warriors, you know, winning, I think, two more after that. What do you think? I think you just brought me through an emotional roller coaster. I started with <laughs> years of sorrow, and now I'm, you know, sobbing out of joy. I'm, I'm on board. I, it sounds like the, the stuff of movies. Uh, well, Bram, it requires you to experience some short-term pain. Would you be willing to live with a Laker title next season, knowing that the following year, that's when the Warriors win it, they beat the Lakers in the West Finals, and it would be LeBron's final NBA season. If you came to me and could guarantee me that, you know, if and if you phrase it a little bit different, um, the Warriors are going to have to lose next year. It is what it is. But good news. After that, they're not only going to win, they're going to win and kick LeBron James the fuck out of the league. I'd be real hard for me to say no to that. Real hard for me to say no. Maxime, final word. What do you think? Who wins more five over the next five? Yeah, Warriors, let's go. I, I mean, I'm convinced by all y'all. I'm not even a homer on this one. It's just the truth. <laughs> Uh, we've all used the word Homer so many times in the context of I'm not even a Homer. I feel like everybody sees through this shit immediately. Here's a question I left on the side, Mark, I'm just going to throw it to you and then we'll get out of here. If you're a GM and you can only keep one of these players, who would you keep for the remainder of their career? Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole. Oh, I'd go with Jordan Poole. I think there's more upside with him. He's really aggressive. There seems to be more of a trajectory that, you know, I, I don't know what his ultimate career is going to be, but it just feels like he made a huge leap while Kyle seems like he's plateaued. Like, he is a young player, but there's this feeling that, eh, he's just going to be an okay role player, but nothing else. And where Jordan, it feels like, hey, we don't know what he's going to be going to become, but he's going to continuously to get better and better. And he's also not afraid of the moment, and he'll take whatever role's in store for him. I completely agree. The only thing that I am objectively sure that Kyle Kuzma will have uh, that Jordan Poole will not is the more hateable face. So for sure, I like Poole's future. Mark, you are awesome. You are always awesome. And I know we need more funky Comedina in our life for everyone who agrees with me. Where do they go? Uh, USA Today, we got we still got a newspaper that you can uh, get us delivery to. But we also have a website, usaday.com, my social media channels, Mark G underscore Medina, and Instagram is Medina Syracuse. With us, I'm going to short circuit this and uh, do kind of a random one. Instead of telling you what our social media presence is or where you can find us, I'm sure you already know. Instead, I'm giving a shout out to my mom whose birthday it was this last week. It is impossible for me to put into words how much she means to me, how much I love her, um, and really you know, how impossible it is for me to tell her in person those two things so it's easier for me to put it into this mic. So, Mom, I love you. That in mind. Go Warriors, boys, and uh, hopefully we'll see you later this week.
Good, good. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 